St. Louis Acura was the number one Acura dealer in Missouri in 2021, and we were the 17th in the nation for Acura sales volume. We sell over 100 pre-owned vehicles monthly, and we service all of the makes and models that we sell. We are waiting for verification of our 30th Acura Precision Team Award, the only dealer in the nation with so many awards for customer satisfaction and dealership performance. We have 300 pre-owned vehicles in stock right now. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. Mike Claiborne here, and my special guest this afternoon is Kevin Weeks of the NHL Network and ESPN and multiple other media outlets throughout North America. Kevin, it's always good to see you, man. Great to see you, too. Hope all your viewer listeners had a great holiday, and Happy New Year to everybody, man. Great to well, see you, Claibs. We've gotten off to a good start. We woke up, so that's how I look at it. That is true. That's, I look that at is it, true. And, I, and I'm negative today. Exactly. That's another good that is, thing. Yeah, the negative is a positive. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Hey, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with you. I mentioned ESPN and the NHL Network. You're part of the new TV package. How's that working out for you, and how much fun are you having? It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I know you and I have spoken about this a lot offline, and it's been great, really. I think it's great to have our sport in the league back on ESPN. It is the worldwide leader in sports. You know, independently of me working for them, I, I just think it's great for our sport. It amplifies our sport. It positions it the way it deserves to be positioned with all the great people in the game and the great players and a lot of the great personalities and managers and coaches. So it showcases us at a different level. I would say the same thing, obviously, having TNT uh, with Turner as a partner as well. But ESPN's worldwide leader is 24 hours, 24-7 of programming across so many different platforms. There's so much bandwidth. It's the perfect megaphone for people to really amplify the NHL and all things about our league. And from a personal standpoint, it's been really fun. I've done a lot of games for them doing color. I've done studio in Bristol, on-site intermissions. So it's been a nice combination between doing that and the NHL network. It's been a good package for me. You know, I, I think that this was the final piece of credibility for the NHL mm -hmm. uh, because the other other sports, the other four three team sports in this country, all have broadcast partners. They're not mm -hmm. just with one sole network. And when ESPN came into the party, along with the uh, the NHL network and certainly TNT, it really took I think the game to another level. Uh, different voices, different views, and, and it certainly seems like it's gotten off to a good start. And I know the ratings have been good across the board. So it's, in my opinion, the, the final thing they needed to really say, hey, we are big time. And they are. I totally agree with you, man. I mean, you've been doing this a long time, and, and you're still rocking it now. And, and you have a wealth of experience, and you know that a lot of it is being a part of the conversation and being upfront in, in the conversation. I literally just landed in Raleigh, flew out of Newark, Got here to Raleigh. We have Columbus and the Canes tomorrow on ESPN Plus and on Hulu. And when I just landed in the airport here in Raleigh and just walking at baggage claim, I passed by about four TVs and ESPN was on three of them. So, <laughs> you know, that's that that's a big part of it where sports fans want their sport 24-7. They want it in ways that work for their lifestyle. For some people, you know, it's on their mobile devices. For some people, it's right here online. Uh on digital, for some people, it's all the above. Some people are linear TV. Some people want it in streaming services, such as ESPN Plus or Hulu uh, or any of the other streaming services. So it's a 24-7 thing. People consume it. They consume sports in so many different ways. But to your point, without that credibility and being on the worldwide leader, it's it's seen in a different vein. And I think with it being back on having the NHL on, on ESPN, 
that certainly cements that credibility that you were just talking about for sure. Let's talk some hockey. You've had a chance to see a lot of the St. Louis Blues recently. Uh, they've mm -hmm. been on the ESPN. They've been on the TNT uh, and, and the NHL Network. So give me your impression of what you've seen with the St. Louis Blues over the last couple of weeks. I love the Blues squad. I'm smiling because I love their squad. I think that they're legit Stanley Cup contender again. Uh, Doug Armstrong, I had a chance to speak to him at, in St. Louis at the Winter Classic last week. I'm really impressed by the job that, that Army's done with that group. And here's why. It's tough to build a Stanley Cup winning team. It's even tougher to maintain a Stanley Cup winning yeah. team and, and, and maintain that level with your club in a salary cap environment. And they've, you know, they've really handled that masterfully. I've got to say, sometimes the best deals you, you make are the ones that you don't. And I think in the case of Tarasenko and the Blues, to me, it's always been a good marriage. They drafted and developed him. You know, he became four, five, six-time 30-goal scorer in St. Louis. He's flourished there. Obviously, we know things went sideways with the with the injuries and some of the surgeries. But I think the fact that they were able to get back on the same page, Tarasenko got himself in a really good shape this offseason. Not only is he healthy, and that Doug and, and Chief are as real, as I say, but flexible as they are. And they said, hey, listen, let's give this another shot. And it's been great. He's been amazing for them. The young players and Jordan Cairo and, and Robert Thomas have been outstanding. Pareko's taken his game to another level. Puchnevich, there's another deal, too, that people don't give Army enough credit for. So all things being equal, if you're a Blues fan or if you aren't, the Blues are faster. They play at a higher tempo. They still play hard. They still play with Jan. They're hard to play against. And Jordan Biddington looks like himself. I think this Blues team is actually better than the team that won the Cup uh, a few years back now. You know, when you talk about Doug Armstrong, uh, I know it's early, but man, he, when you think about the moves that he's made, dealing with COVID, bringing mm -hmm. up players from the organization, from the minors, man, he's going to have to be one of the finalists as GM of the year. I mean, totally. I mean, when he's done so many things and, and, you know, Kevin, the blues didn't really miss a beat when they were down to the fifth goalie. Uh, they were bringing exactly. up kids that we didn't even know who they, we didn't even remember them from training camp. <laughs> and these guys come in and they all make a contribution. And, and that's something that you hope that can happen. But when they come up in the waves that they have, you know, you can get away with, it with one or two guys. We have four five, six guys that were on the shuttle back and forth from Springfield that were making legitimate contributions on the number one line all the way down to the fourth line. Exactly. And, and that you're right. That speaks to that organizational depth. A lot of credit goes to Army. Huge credit goes to Army. A lot of it goes to the coaching staff with Chief and Otter and the entire coaching staff. And then it goes to the scouts, your amateur and pro scouts, because they've been able to really fortify the organization by rounding out that roster. Not only looking at the 23 man that's up in the, the top on the NHL team, but almost approaching it almost like a football from a football perspective and saying, hey, we're like 35, 40 players deep that could play yeah. on this team. Like, I mean, that's crazy. When you look at it, Nathan Walker came in, the Australian, first Australian-born player to ever play in the NHL. He, he had a hat trick. He played exceptionally well, to your point. Played some big minutes, key situations. Then they had Charlie Lindgren come in, uh, who went 5-0 and in the net in the absence of Biddington and Huso. He's been really good. I mean, there's so many other guys that they have. Here's somebody that I was going to say. We were saying this on, on the Blues game on the NHL Network the other day. That Mikola, too, number 77 yes. on the back end. I like him. He, I like him. He doesn't get enough. He, he's not getting enough eyeballs on him yet, but he's big. He's mobile. You saw him. And he's tough. He's, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. And you know what? See, here's the thing. He's yeah. from Finland. Yeah. And, you know, the Finns, they play with a little bit more of an edge. I, I think when we mm -hmm. think about Euro, Euros, mm -hmm. well, they're a little soft. They're not aggressive. 
Well, that may be true for a guy from Sweden, mm. but Finns have always had the reputation of playing tough and pushing back. I mean, you know, they don't yep. necessarily have to be fighters, but they will let you know they're in the building. And, you know, Absolutely. obviously Mikola doesn't read the papers and know anything about Sidney Crosby <laughs> because he he ran Sidney Crosby like he was new new to the league, you know. So <laughs> he's not scared. And, yep. you know, he and Pareko really started to work well together. Mm-hmm. I think, though, the Blues will still be looking for another defenseman uh, before the deadline. And we can get in that a little bit. And I think Mikola might slide down. But I think once you have another D, then you're going to have as six good defensemen as any team in the league right now. Yeah, no question. I mean, maybe you get a guy like Ben Chirot out of Montreal if Army's willing to part with a first-rounder, because I'm sure that's going to be the price. It'll at least have a first-round on it. Ben Chirot's been really good. He was steady in Winnipeg, really steady for Montreal, helped them get to a cup final last year. At times, playing in their top four, he's somebody just off the top that I think could really augment their group. I like Chikrin. Chikrin. Well, I love Chikrin. No, I I I like him, too. I love Chikrin. I love him. His dad had played in the league a long yeah, time. Yeah, he was a, right? he was a tough hombre. Tough, he was with tough the Flyers. Man. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, and of course, a lot of people don't know this, but his uncle is Luke Richardson. Wow. Luke Richardson's okay. his uncle. We know how long, you know, I remember Luke when I was a kid, when Luke came in and played for the Leafs out of Peterborough at 18 and went on to have a very long career. Very and good he's career. the assistant coach. Yeah, so, so he's very – I think he'd be a nice long-term piece for the Blues for sure. But how about this, Claves? Quickly, think about this. Think about that back end. You lose the captain in, in Petrangelo, who we know is an amazing St. Louis Blue. And all of a sudden, Falk has turned the corner. He looks the way he looked here in Carolina. You bring in Tory Krug. Tory Krug's always solid. You know what to get from game to game. Good on the ice, good off the ice. And now all of a sudden, you mentioned Mikola. Now all of a sudden, you get three new, basically three new D. I like your yeah. team right now. I like your no, team. They're moving in the right direction. And how about your guy, uh, Cairo, Jordan Cairo, you you know the family well, and, and yes. just watching him ascend as a player mm-hmm. has been a lot of fun. It's been fun because I remember being like eight years old and knowing his dad when his dad Aki was playing. You know, he would have been Bantam then, and I was like maybe Adam, if that, or Squirts or whatever, and going in their dressing room to try to talk to their goalie and and, and everything else. And Aki Cairo, who's, who's Jordan's dad, and those those older players, and just trying to be a sponge around them. And I'm so pumped for this. I'm so happy to see this happening for him. Jordan is becoming uh, Jordan's becoming a star player in this league. He drives offense. He's electrifying. I love watching him play. He brings you out of your seat. And him, Robert Thomas, who's a very good young player too. And then, uh, of course, Tarasenko. That line's been money. I know they put Shen there in Tarasenko's absence, yeah. but that line's been money. Jordan Cairo, keep an eye on him. I think he's got a chance to be a star player in this league. No question. Kevin Weeks is our guest. We'll take a quick break and come back after this. Every day, Ameren, Illinois works to deliver reliable energy throughout the state to on-the-go families, in-the-know grandparents, and busy students. But did you know we also have ways to manage your energy? Paperless billing, outage notifications, pick a due date, auto pay, and so much more. So no matter who you are or how you use your energy, there's an option that's right for you. Learn more at AmarinIllinois.com slash options. Welcome back, everybody. Kevin Weeks is our guest from the NHL Network, ESPN, and also, uh, um, who, am I, who am I missing, man? You, you're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> NHL.com. Yeah, I know. There's, 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 a, there's a few of them. There's a He's few a them. mogul, folks. He's a media <laughs> mogul. All right. Now, we, we, we've given the Blues some glowing thoughts. Mm. 
what would be the one concern you would have down the stretch and and certainly getting into postseason? My biggest thing would would be for them is I want to see a little bit more production from the bottom six, specifically that that fourth line. Uh, I look at that line and and you see some of the pieces no longer there. If you remember how good Zach Sanford was when he got in the lineup, Sammy Blay, of course, and Oscar Sundquist. At times, those guys were cooking, and and I think now that two of those guys are gone, maybe just a little bit more offensive contribution from from that line specifically from the fourth line. Sundquist is still there. Good to see him healthy. He, he plays a tenacious game, hard on the four check, good on the penalty kill, got good speed. But you know, you know this as well as I do, and and I'm sure you mentioned you were a chief yesterday. You need to have all four lines. And sometimes you look at Tampa these last couple of years, in large part, their bottom six played a huge hand in them winning. Difference makers, no huge. doubt about it. Yeah. Huge, right? And the same thing for the Blues when they won their cup. So not to say that the Blues don't have a good bottom six, but I'd like to see more offensive contribution. And maybe even add another piece for that fourth line that might be able to bring that physicality, but that can chip in offensively too. And, you know, they've got some guys that that have tried to find their way. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're just trying to figure out where they fit in, like a Brandon Saad. And, and you know, right. you look at Barbashev and some other guys who mm-hmm. are kind of interchangeable. They can do a lot of things for your team. And I think what you have to make sure when they say fourth line, that means you're going to play. You're not mm-hmm. going to be the the, the eight, nine-minute a night guy as a normal fourth liner would be. You know, you're going to maybe get 12. You may get 14 yep. minutes. And, and the way you roll those lines, that'll be up certainly up to Craig and his coaching staff. But I think that they're deep enough where everybody will get enough playing time uh, compared to some teams who are going to lean on one line all night, you know, or lean on two lines uh, to get the bulk of the ice. And I think at this day in, this day and age, uh, you got to be careful with ice time and time management because of the compressed schedule, mm-hmm. the way things work. You got to keep guys fresh. And I'd rather have a guy, I'd rather split up the minutes compared to leaning on one group of guys and, and then having back to backs or playing two and three nights, things of that nature that can really catch up to you late in the year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Especially this compressed schedule, the unpredictability of the schedule. Yeah. The rescheduling of some games, the postponement of others, over 100 games postponed now. I think it's 105 up to date. Also, we don't necessarily know if this entire 82-game schedule will be played in its entirety. Um, The way it's looking, the days keep flipping over on the calendar. Does this end up being a situation where they end up playing 74, 76, 75? We don't know. That's TBD. But your point makes a lot of sense. Here's the thing, too, Claves. When I look at teams that can roll four, and I loved your point about versatility. I just made this the other day on the NHL Network, so I'll dovetail it. When that coach is behind the bench and he's got his arms folded and he's looking around and he's like, eh, let me move these guys. Ah, let me deploy them. Ah, <laughs> it keeps the opposing coach off balance. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, And that's one thing that Boston, as much as I've always liked Boston's team, but based on their current version, they're a good team. They're getting a push. We know they're getting Tuka back. But you know who's coming over the boards. But you know who's ship. coming over yeah. the boards every other ship. You know yeah. it's going to be that top line or those pieces from that top line if they sprinkle them. But with a team like the Blues, when you can just roll four, and especially if they could get some some contributions offensively from that fourth line lookout. All right, let's talk about uh, the, the elephant in the room, uh, the NHL's answer to Antonio Brown. And that's Evander Kane, uh, a guy with with real talent, good mm-hmm. player. Mm-hmm. Uh, bottom line is can't get out of his own way. Mm. And, you know, he's done some some things that have certainly been questionable, um, rather heinous in some regard. 
And now he's in trouble again over over a vaccination card, which is a whole nother story. Mm-hmm. So how many more chances does he get? I mean, if I had to quantify, I'd say this one coming, which seems like it's it's imminent right now, just based on speaking to people close to the situation. I know it was down to two teams that as of probably half hour ago, last I heard it was down to two teams that are competing for his services. I know there are a whole host of teams that were in on him that did their due diligence that were very thorough in that. And in terms of the simple fact that he's a free agent, Clay, this is very rare. You got a player of his skill, his talent, his toughness, his ability to score and fight and play. He's kind of a throwback player in this era, but the fact that his contract was terminated by San Jose, which will be grieved as you saw the NHLP is going to follow grievance on his behalf, but he's a free agent right now. So it is a bit of a free agent frenzy. I can confirm with teams that I've spoken to, and people close to the situation. There are a lot of teams in. As of right now, there are two teams remaining that were kind of the finalists, if you will, uh, in, in the Evander Kane sweepstakes. But this could be, I think it's it's this chance here. It'll be a one-year. Teams don't have to give up an asset. It'll be a prorated deal for the rest of this year. And But I think after this, he might get one more shot, maybe in the offseason, if he handles this properly. But, you know, as I always say, we we root for the health and safety of the players, but not only safety from a, uh, a physical health standpoint, but also, you know, a psychological health, health, emotional, their families. We want to see that entire well-being of the human being. And hopefully he's working on that right now to where he can put himself in a good spot, his family in a good spot going forward and and make good decisions on his own behalf going forward. Because clearly that's uh, that's been in flux the last several years. Uh, this is one of those situations where y- if you're a GM, you got to put your finger on the pulse of your team mm-hmm. and, and, and find out if your leaders on this team would want a guy like that in, in the dressing room. Because in, in sports, dressing rooms are even more important as far as cohesiveness is concerned. Mm-hmm. And when you have to bring a guy in that's got some baggage, there's got to be somebody in that room that can stand up and say, you know, I know this guy. I grew up with him. I play with him. I know something about him. He's not that bad. We just need to be there for him. And I was talking to Craig Berube about this the other day with respect to the dressing room. And he mm-hmm. said, we have kind of like a throwback dressing room where guys actually spend a lot of time with each other off the ice and they have a lot of fun with each other. He said, you know, a lot of teams don't do that anymore because guys are on their Xboxes and doing this and doing that. <laughs> he said, we, we, we have guys that really like being around each other. And I'm wondering, is that the sort of team he needs to be part of compared to guys who are going in 12 different directions, along with having some guys who understand what it takes to win. You know, when you got your name on the cup, that that not only says that you're a champion, but that also says you could be a potential leader for another organization. So I'm not sure if every team could take on a guy like Kane if they don't have the presence in the dressing room. Yeah, exactly. A lot of that depends on you're so right. So much of that is dependent on uh, that atmosphere in the dressing room. And and look, man, there's a lot of self-regulators. There's a lot of regulators mm-hmm. in dressing rooms where they'll check you. If you don't, you know, you don't play your cards right, they'll check you. And and I miss that to an extent, not to the extent to where it was over the line in some cases where I first came in the league, but in another sense where um, in today's world, it, a team like St. Louis, that's exactly why he called it a throwback because it is. You know, Tampa has a lot of that too. Yeah. Washington has a lot of that too. Pittsburgh has a lot of that too. Okay, well, what did I say about it? all those teams are winning clubs, to your yes. point. You know what I mean? And they have mm-hmm. that internal culture where, it's like a good family. There's a lot of love, but there's tough love where it's where it's appropriate too. 
And there's some you know, life lessons that are learned along the way. And certain clubs and the clubs that are in it now for Evander Kane, they have that. Because remember, they might not have a big dust in Bufflin like they had up in Winnipeg who was able to shake him down and say, hey, listen, enough is enough. Yeah. Um, they might have to do it by committee, by Wolfpack, right? You might, might take four and five guys to keep him in line. But ultimately, I love your point about the dressing room, man. There is, you know, people can talk about the playing surface, the ice, the rink, the weights, everything. The most valuable piece of real estate in any arena at any level is the dressing room. Yeah, no, I agree. Down. I agree. All right, a couple of things before we get out of here. Um, sure. The league itself, uh, the, the cancellations or postponements have been a concern. COVID mm-hmm. continues to, to ravish the league. But on the ice, uh who do you like? Who who's starting to really create some distance in the in the game right now? What teams are starting to step up, and who who's maybe doing a coaching job that maybe we just aren't paying enough attention to right now? But he's getting more out of the out of the players than maybe some people expected. Well, those are good questions. I would say the all the Southeast teams, obviously the Canes, the Panthers, and and Tampa, all those teams, all three of them. And I'm hearing Raleigh now. I mean, Rod, my man, Roddy Brindamore, former St. Louis Blue. Oh, yeah. First round pick. Michigan yep. State. Michigan State Spartan, my former teammate and, and reigning Jack Adams winners coach of the year. He's done an amazing job here. So same thing with Coop, who you guys know very well. Oh, yeah. too, who continues to coach him up in Tampa. They're still very much a Stanley Cup contender. But the Florida one's intriguing to me because I played with Andrew Burnett Jr. My, my rookie year. I know it sound. He went on to have an awesome NHL career, played over a thousand games. And has really earned his stripes as a coach. But keep in mind, he's re- he's replacing – he came in to replace Q, who's yeah. second all-time and wins in NHL history. Now, just imagine how tough that is. Q's won four Stanley Cups, one in Colorado, three is ahead in, in, in Chicago. Hall of Fame lock as far as credentials go. Of course, we understand the circumstances around his, his uh, departure. But all that to say, for Bruno to come in and push all those buttons and keep and, and continue yeah. to push the right buttons – that's so tough to do. So those teams I love. I would then say I think Pete DeBoer has done a really good job in Vegas, a very good job because you've had so many pieces that have been injured. You trade for Jack Eichel. He hasn't joined the team yet. He just started practicing with them wearing a, a, a no-contact jersey. And then all things being equal, the, the best coaching job so far this year, to be real, is John Hines in Nashville. Yeah. Because on, you know what? Play. They were written off. You, you know what? They were kind of written off, you know, ah, Nashville. And now you, you look up, man, and, and it's the same pieces. I mean, hey. what he's gotten going there is just been remarkable because, you know, a lot of people have kind of written them off. And I'll tell you, the guy up in Minnesota is doing a good job, too. Dean Everson's done an outstanding you job. You know, I mean, and, and I'm glad to see, you know, one of the things, as we mentioned those guys, most of those guys are former players yeah. uh, who get it. Yep. You know, you get a couple other guys who were really hard workers and really deserve the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But man, there. But I think the Nashville might be one of the great stories of the season because, as I mentioned, they were basically written off. And you know, I look at Forsberg and some other guys on that team who really have found new life, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Goaltending is a lot better. I think Unreal. that's a real key for them as well. Yeah. And you know, Yossi's as good as they come. And I mean, they oh, got a, they, They're solid in all three zones. They are. And listen, you know, if you want music, you could go to St. Louis. You want barbecue, you could go to St. Louis. But you know you know what I mean? Like, And the Blues have been a more consistent team. But point being is now you have Nashville that's taken their game to a level we didn't see coming. You have Minnesota in the last year and a half, two years, that's taken their level, their game to a level we didn't see coming. 
Kaprizov is absolutely amazing for many. Dean Evison, as you said, has done an amazing job there too. Man, I, I mean, one thing for you fans, for the fans out there that, that are fans of the Blues, that division, that central division, otherwise known as the meat grinder or the sausage grinder, jeez. <laughs> you know, like, oh, my God. I'm going to tell you game, something. Every game in that Every game is a battle. And, yeah. you know, you almost hope that they don't cannibalize each other Right. Going into postseason, totally. because you know you 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 searching for ice packs when it's over with, yeah, and uh, you just hope that that doesn't take too much steam. You know, it's interesting. We talked about all those teams, and we didn't even mention Colorado. Colorado. Although I will say this, I think Bednar is going to have to figure out a way to get himself in the finals if he wants to keep a job. I, I think yeah. that with the talent that they continue to bring in, and they get short short change at the at the door, and they don't find themselves in the finals. Uh, I, I think that you can only go so far with that before the message starts to get old. So I, I think this is a pivotal year for him in Colorado. Yeah, it totally is. I had a chance to talk to him the other day in Chicago, and you know, there's such a buzzsaw. They're they're putting up four four and a quarter goals four per game, mm -hmm. leading the league in offense. Very dynamic team. Kill McCarr is is Connor McDavid, that but just playing defense. He's that good. He's that dynamic and transformational. Great skater. Oh. And then, of course, uh, obviously, Devontae's there has been really good for them on the back end, too. What a steal in getting him for two second-round picks. Up front, Nate McKinnon, Landis Gog, Rantanen. But my man, Nazem Kadri, might be the best of them all this year. He, interesting he's guy. He's free agent, too. He, he's an interesting guy. He's yeah. a guy you can really want to roll your sleeves up with. Yes. Uh, because he plays with an edge. And mm -hmm. anytime he levels somebody, he looks around like, what are you talking about? What did I do? <laughs> right, you know, exactly. he's that guy that like starts the fire and leaves the room and then goes down the street and just says, hey, do you smell something? Yeah, I mean, Eddie Haskell. He's, you know, he's, Haskell he's, he's, a, he's a shit disturber. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Bottom yeah, line, Eddie Haskell in him. He, yeah. he really does. But yeah. you know what, man, there's, there's a ton of teens that like to have that guy. Oh, totally. You know, and, and I kind of think he's the kind of guy the Blues could use. Because I think the Blues, if they have one shortcoming, they're not as fizz. They don't push back enough. Okay. Right, they, right. They, you know, I understand. I was talking to Craig about it and he's kind of that, you know, you would think a guy who has had as many fights as he had in his career and played tough his entire career mm -hmm. would be more in that category of saying, yeah, we need to do this. We need to have a little bit more grit and toughness. Mm -hmm. He's just the opposite. He said the game is, he says really not a place for that in the game as much as it used to be. He said, now, right. As long as Reeves and Wilson are running around, they're going to be fine. He sure. said, but that's he said that's a very small tree mm -hmm. that has very few branches of players like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I'm wondering what this game is going to look like in two years or three years. You know, when when those guys are out of the game, yeah, uh, where where do we go from here? And so my point being, mm -hmm. I'm old school, and I always feel like I need to have somebody who can go out and right or wrong in case somebody starts to get cute like a cadre or somebody else. And Braden Shin has done that for the most oh, part. Yeah. yeah, Bortuzzo has done it. Oh yeah, but, I like Bortuzzo. Too. Yeah, and you yeah. know what? But yeah. the thing is, you, you got to have a guy with legitimate presence who can play, and that's the other yeah. thing. You know about Tom Wilson. You know Tom Wilson is a good player. And everybody said, well, he's a goon. No, this guy's a first-round draft choice. He's legit. Okay? He's Tom a Wilson's very legit. good player Yep. Uh, who happens to be able to fight. Absolutely. I don't, I don't know if he could have survived 10 years ago when they were when they really weren't taking any prisoners back in the old days. But mm -hmm. in this modern era, he's just what the doctor ordered. He mm -hmm. gives Ovechkin all the room he needs. Uh, not that Ovechkin can't take yeah. care of himself. No, I totally know what you mean. But you yeah. know what? Ovechkin doesn't have to give it back to a guy knowing that right. Wilson's out there. And I think that's been the key. All right, yep. final question for you before we get out of here. And a uh, lot of movement coming up with the trade deadlines down the road a little bit. But mm -hmm. who do you think are going to be buyers? 
who are going to be sellers. And I think even more importantly, who's got the cap space? You know, mm-hmm. that's that's the thing where we see now a lot of teams are maxed out in certain regards, cap money. So you got to do dollar for dollar trades compared to player for player, don't you? Yeah, for sure. I think Carolina is going to be active. They're always looking at the market because they get players. Uh, they've been very, uh, very strategic in how they get some of their players. They don't pay, pay full freight, full market value rates on a lot of their players. So they'll be active. I, I certainly think Florida will be active as well in the East. I'm told Washington is looking to be active. Uh, Boston may make a move. I still think they need to make a move, especially looking for that number two center. I think those are buyers in the East. I would then put sellers in the East as Philadelphia. I think Philly ends up selling. I think that Montreal is going to be heavy sellers, or they should be, just based on the, the tough year it's been for them. And then if I go over to the West, I'd say that the LA Kings might very well be buyers. I agree. The Kings yeah. might very well be buyers based on how well they've played being ahead of schedule. And they've got the most stock pantry out of anybody. They've got the best prospects in the, in the game right now. They have really loaded up over the last couple of right. years. And they're bringing them along slowly. They're not rushing. Exactly. Correct. And that's what you have to appreciate. You Correct. know, I'll tell you another team that's going to be interesting is Anaheim. Anaheim. Yeah, I knew you were going to say. You know, because yeah. you got to make this. You know, they, they kind of are a little bit ahead of the curve, too. They are, yeah. Uh, throw in the fact they've got Gibson, who every yeah. you don't think Edmonton wouldn't wouldn't take oh. a Gibson right now. I mean, totally. there's so many guys that are out there that teams covered, especially when it comes to goaltending. And I think Gibson's always led the way. But, but I think what you might see them do mm. is put themselves in a position to stockpile more <laughs> legitimate prospects. You know, they may move a guy who's long in the tooth they didn't want to bring back anyway. But right. I think that they're in a, they're in a very unique situation. Both those California teams. Oh, and yeah. then and then there's San Jose. Yeah, that's ahead of schedule this year. Boogie's doing a nice job yeah, with that. Exactly. So I, I just think, man, I would just tell people stay tuned. This will yeah. be as frantic and as frenzied as the first day of free agency. Yes. You know how that works. I mean, totally free, agree. July 1st rolls around, man, mm-hmm. and it is a slugfest. I think we're going to see the same thing this year when the deadline rolls around. I totally agree. I think there's going to be a lot of activity. And remember that flat cap at 81.5, even though from coming out of the Board of Governors meetings, it's projected that it could increase by a million, million, million and a half maybe next year. But again, a lot of that's subject to what happens with capacity. You're having reduced capacity up in Canada. You're not, you know, teams are electing not to play games in front of uh, no fans, which I think is the right thing from a business perspective, and maybe shift some of those games to road games where possible. And at the end of the day, the economics of the league are so unique in this crazy unique time that you got to get creative. And if you're a GM and an ownership group, you've got to get creative and find ways to improve your team. If you're a buyer and if you're a seller, try to sell off as many pieces as you can get what you can recoup, whatever kind of capital you can be it top prospects, as you were saying, and, or a combination of prospects and picks and away you go, but you can't sit stagnant in this league, man, no matter who you are, you got to keep it moving. The best half hour of my life just took place, folks, because I was talking <laughs> to Kevin Weeks. Man, man I man. appreciate you taking appreciate the time. Appreciate you, man. Always. Best of luck. Let's stay in touch, and uh, hopefully we'll see you when postseason rolls around. Yes, sir, I'll be man. back Thank in St. Louis by the end for postseason. Yes. We'll hang out. We'll have some fun because I'm thinking the Blues might be in this thing for a long time. I think so, too, man. Enjoy your well-earned relocation back down to FLA. <laughs> Uh, enjoy it man <laughs> he's kevin weeks i'm mike claymore we thank everybody for checking us yeah. out we'll talk to you soon on claysonline.com you know the only thing faster than this supersonic golf cart are the closing times at the 
Mortgage rates on the twos, and we have a 21-day closing guarantee. Apply online today at thehomeloanexpert.com.